Welcome to Unbossed. So glad that you are here this fine afternoon. And do you know who else I am glad is here? The one and only, the Honorable Mondale Robinson. Mayor, how are you? The mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, an activist and all around, don't take no mess, black man in America. How are you, sir? You're muted, mayor. I was trying to be unbought and unbossed. I'm over here glowing right now because I'm on the road. So you know how it is, the lighting ain't always what it should be. But I'm super excited to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, so glad you're here and that you know, being a mayor and just making time for this, we really do appreciate you so very much. So the Florida debate, we're gonna start to talk about some disasters made by men. Now the debate between Charlie Chris and Ron DeSantis revealed a couple of what did he just say moments? Or what did they just say moments, including a WTF neoliberal? We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. I'm pro-business, I wanna make sure we keep our businesses open. You're the most anti-business governor I've ever seen. Now of all the things that Charlie Chris could have hit Ron DeSantis on, calling him an anti-business governor just really, really blew my mind. I mean, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on in the economy right now that he could have hit this man on. The fact that he played down Hurricane Ian, the fact that you know inflation is taking hold and people have less less buying power than they ever have in a very long time. The suffering that is happening in that great state. There's so many things that Charlie Chris could have said to Ron DeSantis other than you are the least pro-business governor in the United States, basically, is what he was saying. Mayor, your your take on that. I mean, we see out of touch liberalism. All the time, but this was this was unbelievable. This wasn't the only moment, but this was definitely one of those ones where you see that uh, Charlie Chris, in his original self, is a business, a pro-business person, not thinking about folk. Because, like you pointed out, Ian should have been top on his list. It should have what he's been. He should have been talking about that right now. People in Florida are still living from the, the effects, negative effects of that storm, and how how dare you go to business over people? But it reminds us of you know how how flip flop. Charlie Chris can be on, on issues that are important to us. Business mean more to these people. And, and we have Democrats, not him, but not just him, but all over this country running, trying to be Republican light. And this is one of those examples where you get where you could you have a clear shot, a layup. He looked like Westbrook right then, the way he missed that one. So I'm I'm a little sad about <laughs> Come on, man. And I mean the opportunity for Democrats at this particular moment, it is all about the economy. It is all about the callousness that Republicans like DeSantis has. I mean, this man spending state dollars to ship immigrants, migrants over into Martha's Vineyard. And just, just, his, just the callousness that he has all about this. I mean, there's so many things that DeSantis has done that Charlie Chris could have used against him in that moment besides calling him an anti-business a governor. So here we are, DeSantis can't help himself because it wasn't just about Charlie Chris. This man, he said people are teaching that teaching the United States was built on stolen land. Basically saying that that is not the truth about history. The man is corrupt and he is dangerous in every single way. I want you to take a listen to this. 
Actually, if you look around the country, they do have programs, unfortunately, where they will take a student, look at their race, say, okay, you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're black, you're oppressed. And think about what that does to a six- or seven-year-old kid. That's wrong. You're seeing that. You have people that are teaching, uh, and actually his running mate has said this in the past, that teaching the United States was built on stolen land. That is inappropriate for our schools. It's not true. The man said... It is inappropriate. Let me just break this down for you. Governor Ron DeSantis just said that it is inappropriate to teach the truth about American history. That it is inappropriate to teach students that there were folks, indigenous folks already on this land before the Europeans got here. Now, he might not like the fact. You know, there's a saying that people can have their own opinion, but they cannot have their own set of facts. He may not like the fact that this land belonged to other folks before Europeans came over and conquered the land and colonized the land. And for the love of God, well, not for the love of God, for all things evil, shipped over Africans and then enslaved them and their descendants. He might not like those inconvenienced. Truths, but the truth of the matter is this land belonged to indigenous folks before the European colonizers got here. So it's one thing to say that you don't like the history. There's a whole nother thing to just make up revisionist history to suit your needs and to frame it the way that he framed it. That somehow children are going to be hurt by telling the truth. What is really going to hurt children in this country is being lied to. To see the world through this Eurocentric view that refuses to accept the truth about what has happened not only in North America, what happened in South America, what has happened all over the world due to colonization and imperialism. Those are the facts. When the framers framed the Constitution, there weren't folks who looked like me or the mayor around there helping to frame this nation. There were not women around that table. There were not indigenous folks around that table. Y'all know where I'm going. So Ron DeSantis is, as I said, not only a fool, and he's powerful because he has the power. Mary, he got about $100 million in his bank account right now. Because see, what he's doing right now is caping for 2024. That's his real aim right now. So Florida, don't be duped by this man. But, but meanwhile, back here on this issue, anybody like him, because he knows exactly what he is doing, who is callous and cold-blooded enough to say that it is not true. He's a liar and he will do anything, anything to appease a certain type of mindset in this country, a certain type of voter and the truth be damned. Mayor. Listen, DeSantos is actually a uh, product of, a national product of his, who's probably gonna be his biggest running mate or, or enemy in 2024, Donald Trump. The fact that so much of mainstream media and politicians wouldn't call Donald Trump a liar right now has allowed all of these new Republicans, 208 people who denied that 2020 election results were what they were, are running for office right now. All of these people are products. The fact that you can stand on a debate stage and nobody checks you is a, is a, is a, is a, is first is a sign that our democracy is gone. We need to stop pretending that we have a democracy. I'm not the only person that's downgraded. International eyes have already said American democracy is unstable at best. And it, and it becomes this right here, it's this. No one in this world can say that this is not stolen land. 
How can you not when you wiped out 75% of a people to have it? Christopher Columbus almost killed everybody in Puerto Rico. Everybody. So he I was mean, going the wrong way too, man. Let me ask, sorry to jump in on you, but he got lost. But go right here. He got lost and now, and now, and now the sentence is lost about what the facts are as it pertains to who and who whose land it was this is and was. And I think the problem with that though is uh, it resonates with this replacement theory. If you dig deeper, if you peel the onions back enough, you will find out that this is not disconnected from white supremacy and the reason that the South fought. They think this is theirs. They think anything they want is theirs. And he's absolutely right in what he's saying. Racist, White people's kids would be offended and hurt if they need to learn that the stuff that they're learning at home is absolutely incorrect. I hear you, Mayor. It's it's really sad. I mean, the moderator didn't check him. Chris didn't check him. I mean, he just got away with saying that. But even though I take that, I mean, Chris was shaking his head, you know, saying, no, this what this man is not saying is true. But he should have went down his throat on it. I wanted to see a little more aggression come from him on this particular topic because you letting a, a, a lie go unchecked. So let me let me pull back a little bit. He was grimacing at, at the stuff that DeSantis was saying, but didn't stop him from saying it. And DeSantis, no, there will, there will be no consequence for what he just said, just as there appears that there's not going to be a consequence for what he did to the migrant because the mm. Department of Justice need to come at this governor he should be held accountable and, and 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 charged. He should absolutely be charged for what he did with those migrants, shipping them over to Martha's Vineyards. But he has no fear, no fear at this moment. Sister Turner. Yes, sir. Listen, let me ask you a question. In what world can you lie to people, kidnap them from one state, take them to another state just to fly them to a third state and not be charged with anything? That is human trafficking at 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 the at least that is human trap human trafficking. And then you got to add the facts that you use Florida tax dollars to do this in Texas, then to Martha's Vineyard up in Massachusetts. This is absolutely absurd that this administration or that this Justice Department is not pressing charge on it. This is not a small issue. If we care about human trafficking, if we're serious about it, we cannot allow government government sponsored human trafficking in everybody's eyes, and then for him to brag about it as if it was something great. That is true, Mayor. And you know, at least there are some officials in Texas who are trying to figure out a way to charge this man because it looks as though he may have broken some Texas laws. But the feds, the people with the biggest stick, need to get in on this man and, and charge him. He should not be able to get away with this at all. So I appreciate that strong point that you made, Mayor. In what world? It would never happen in your world or mine, that, for, that is for sure. That I do know that we would have never, first of all, we would have never done anything like that. But even if we were inclined to do so, would have never been able to get away with it. He should not be able to get away with that. And speaking of getting away with stuff, stock buyback. So the real cause of inflation in America is corporate greed. I'm gonna prove it to you. Yes, I am absolutely going to prove this to you. Corporations are spending billions of dollars on buying back their own stock. And that money could have been used to increase wages. It could have been used to improve, let's say, working conditions. But instead, it was used to increase and improve the wealth of corporate executives. Imagine that. So let's take a look at the top 2022 20, stock buybacks. 
and this is coming from Warren Gunnels, the chief of receipts himself. 2020 stock buyback, Apple $90 billion, Nike $18 billion, Home Depot $15 billion, Texas Instruments $15 billion, ExxonMobil $10 billion, Norfolk Sutherland $10 billion, Twitter $4 billion, Whirlpool $2 billion, Cracker Bell $200 million. The problem is corporate greed, boss. And that's coming from the one and only Warren Gunnels, baby. Warren, be, he lays it down. So let me educate you on what a stock buyback actually is. So stock buybacks occur when a company buys its own shares, taking them out of the marketplace, which increases the value of the earnings per share and makes each outstanding share worth more money. Buybacks were illegal in this country until 1982. Let me say that just one more good time. Stock buybacks were illegal in the United States of America until 1982. But corporations are scrambling now to purchase their own shares. And why you ask? I'm so glad you asked because I really want to answer this question for you. A new tax on stock buybacks that passed as a part of Democrats major spending bill over the summer goes into effect. An effort that may zap one of the bill's main sources of revenue. And even Senator Chuck Schumer said at one point, at one point he said these things. I think buybacks are one of the most self-serving things that corporate America does. Instead of investing in workers and in training and in research and in equipment, they simply they don't do a thing to make their company better and they artificially raise the stock price price by just reducing the number of shares. They're despicable. I like to abolish them. Come on, come on through, Senator Schumer. Let's do that, baby. Let's abolish stock buyback, shall we, Mayor? Did anybody remind Chuck Schumer what his position is? Hello. Did anybody remind him that his party controls all three houses in, in Washington, D.C.? So stop wanting to do it, stop talking about it, and just get it done. This is absolutely disgusting. Listen, not even to add up all of these countries, I mean, um, these companies you just listed, Apple by itself, the, buy, the, the amount of stock they bought back, it's more, it's more than 70% of the country's GDP in this world. There's only 50 countries that have a higher GDP than what they spent on buying back their own stock. Absolutely, it's disgusting. Absolutely, it's despicable, and it should be illegal. It should have never not been illegal. This is this is ridiculous because what happens is people people that don't understand this and don't understand the stock market. Let me say it plain. It's like saying you got a thousand of something and you buy 999 of them back and get to charge people whatever you want for that last one. The Beers has been doing it for, for hundreds of years with diamonds, and it's disgusting the way they do it, and it's still disgusting the way that these companies are doing it. And the fact that people are starving, and you have CEOs talking about cutting people's jobs so that, that we can handle inflation, but this is allowed is absolutely tacky, beyond tacky. It is, man. And the owner donors just continue to, to be in control. This is really what this comes down to. Stock buybacks, again, for the third time, were illegal until 1982. I just, I really do want people to wrap their minds around that because I know that it's so hard to, to understand and maybe in some cases comprehend. The system is rigged and we are laying out just one of the many ways that it is rigged. But Dr. Robert Reich, he lays it out just perfectly. Take a look at this. Corporate profit only accounted for roughly 11% of price growth 
from 1979 to 2019. Today, record corporate profits account for 53.9% of price increases. Man, I, I just I gotta rest. I want you guys to keep keep Dr. Robert Reich up. Keep him up. We need to rest right on that. Today, record corporate profits account for 53.9. We might as well go ahead and say 54% of price increases. Folks, corporate greed is driving inflation, not workers asking for better wages. 54% of price increases today are linked to corporate greed, 54%. So Dr. Robert Reich, the former labor secretary under President Bill Clinton, an economist, an activist, he is laying this thing all the way out. Let's look at this other chart we have up here. Normal and recent contributions to growth in unit prices in the non-financial corporate sector. So corporate profits, you see it, 54%. That's it. Non-labor import input costs, about 38.3%. Unit labor costs, 7.9%. Even the little raises, because Mayor, there has been an increase in wages. But the wages are not keeping up with inflation. And that's the point. So people's buying power is not strong. But meanwhile, these companies who are unpatriotic, any way you slice it, really do not care that the average worker in this country is suffering. They're not even breaking even. They are taking a loss. Mayor? 54%. I don't, I don't know if there's any anything else that needs to be on everybody's Twitter. Hashtag 54 needs to be trending right now because that is absolutely disgusting. The fact that when you consider how much bread costs, when you consider how much technology, when you consider how much everything costs right now, you just take divide that or multiply it by 54%. And then you, you blame that on corporations, not on people, not on unions. Not on people deserving a livable wage as we've as has been articulated by by the former um Labor Secretary, this is absolutely disgusting to me. Um, and and for, for that, to have an entire party, an entire party in the Republican Party fighting for this, and then the Democratic Party is barely doing anything better. Um, we we find we find poor people, people living on the margins, in a dangerous situation right now. Seriously, go ahead. No, you go right ahead, Mayor. I was just gonna say seriously again. This is absolutely disgusting. Fifty four is a high percentage for anybody to be to blame. If I had a company and something was fifty four percent of it. Or the reason of it, all I would be trying to do is take that number down to lower costs. But in this case, companies will not be trying to lower that number because that's their profit. That's unrealistic profit that never that we've never seen. Like we said, not since 1979. I was born in 1979, so so way before my life, this was this doesn't exist. Then you have to couple all of these tax breaks that these companies getting that are new. People forget that even on the Ronald Reagan taxes were way higher on the top earners. So we, we are seeing people making ungodly amounts of money and not doing anything to better the company, to better their workers, to better the environment, to better their, the country. Like you said, they're unpatriotic at best. And then, here, and then on top of that, we see them turn down bridges in, in Seattle so their larger yachts can get under those bridges. 100, 200 year old bridges being removed so a new billionaire's yacht can fit through there. It is the second phase of the Gilded Age. And Dr. Robert Reich talks about this all the time. We are going backwards. 
And the feds need to jump in here and rewrite the rules. We need a windfall profits tax to stop these corporations from doing what they are doing. They are taking advantage of people. They are making money at everybody else's expense, literally. And this is not about being anti-wealth. You know, wealth is a beautiful thing. There are many ways to define wealth. Having enough money to support yourself and your family is one. Your health is having a good, clean environment, having safe neighborhoods. All of that goes under the umbrella of wealth. What we are talking about in this moment is unfettered greed. And that is what is happening at the hands of these corporations. And the federal government is not helpless. They need to check these fools. They need to go ham on these fools on behalf of the American people. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. I'm hot right now, we'll be back. And welcome back. I had to slide and get me a fire extinguisher. I'm serious, I'm hot. Let's read some of our viewers comments, shall we? That'll get me settled down a little bit. I don't know, it might not settle me down depending on what they have to say. Mickey says, Nina and Mondale, a power panel on Tuesday. You got that right. I don't know if this space can contain us. We might not want to do this too many more times, Mayor. It's just too much. A lot of wattage. A lot of wattage. A lot of wattage. That's one of our TYT members. And then on Twitch, Tay says, not telling the truth hurts more than telling the truth. It does. It ultimately catches up with us when we do not, you know, when the truth is not told. I think you're making that in reference to Governor DeSantis. And I just want to remind you that TYT is in fact still raising money. We are doing our part to be a part of a larger community that is working to help our sisters and brothers and family and friends in Jackson, Mississippi. You can join us in those efforts. Any amount that you can donate would be greatly appreciated. Any amount, and I'm, I truly mean any amount. And you can go to tyt.com slash relief. That is tyt.com slash relief. Towards the end of the show, going to give you an update about Brittany Griner. For those of you on social media, please keep hashtagging WeRBG. WeRBG. Send that family love. They really, really need it after the news that they have just received. Can I give you a little good news? I'm having a Wusa. I'm Wusan right now. Wusa moment is coming over me. Votes on making healthcare a constitutional right. Yes, you heard me right. With the midterms around the corner, Oregon could make history as the first state to make healthcare a constitutional right. You go ahead on Oregon with your bad self. So the historic proposal on the ballot measure, on the ballot is measure 111. And let me break this down. A yes vote supports amending the state constitution to require that the state quote ensures that every resident of Oregon has access to cost effective, clinically appropriate and affordable healthcare as a fundamental right, end quote, as a fundamental right. Can I just say hello somebody on that? This is a beautiful thing, Oregon, you go ahead. And this will be a huge step forward. 
uh, not just for Oregon, but for across the country. Because we know when one state does it, usually other states will follow. The first one to do something makes it a lot easier for the next and the next and the next and the next. And if the states do it, it will just be a matter of time before the feds will have to do it too. We're gonna keep pushing for this to happen. Now, Harry Truman recognized this back, President Harry Truman recognized this back in 1945. Check out this quote from the president. He said, everyone, now this is 1945, everyone should have ready access to all necessary medical, hospital, and related services. That's President Harry Truman, the 33rd President of the United States of America. And such measure would be absolutely vital to millions of people without proper health care insurance. We know that there are millions of people in this country who are either uninsured or underinsured. When you are underinsured, the fact that you have insurance, but it is not enough. You still have to, to dip into your own pocket to finish paying for your health care. This is a crisis point. And let me remind all of us that we are indeed the only industrialized nation on the face of the flipping earth. Choose your F word. On the face of the flipping earth that does not guarantee universal health care for all of our people in this country. We are the wealthiest country, we are a hegemon nation, but yet and still we do not guarantee healthcare. There's something wrong with that. It has always been something wrong with that, but it is especially, especially something wrong with that in the 21st century and also in the face of a global pandemic. I want you to wrap your minds around that. So check out this data from a survey by the Commonwealth Fund. Let's take a look at that. 43% of working age adults were inadequately insured. 46% said they had skipped or delayed care because of the cost. 42% said that they had a problem paying medical bills or were paying off medical debt. And that doesn't factor in the 26 million Americans currently without health care at this very moment. The commodification of health care is dangerous and it literally kills people. Mayor Robinson. Uh, this is a supposedly, if you ask to right, this is a Christian nation, right? And I think I think the immature state of our nation state allows for people to see Oregon's move to make healthcare a universal thing for all of its residents. Uh, is because because we have we have a, a, a body, a, a voting body that is not really worldly at all. We're the only we're the only country in North America that does not have universal health care. The Bible says what you do for the least amongst these, right? So I'm trying to figure out how they juxtapose that and also call themselves evangelical. Ain't nothing evan about them at all. So I will say this: you named it. You said we're the only industrialized nation in the world that does not. Ten nations in Africa, many nations in Asia. We're one of the few countries that have. Well, we're actually the only country that have the ability to provide people with health care, but we'd rather let them die. Um, but I mean, like we should we should also consider what you said, the 33rd president said, and what was going on in the world right before then and, and during his life. It wasn't always that people looked down upon the poor. If you consider when this country had a Great Depression, um, the white people were those who received benefits from the country and the nation, and everybody made sure that those that didn't have could have. It wasn't until black veterans start coming back demanding that we all be equal 
that all of us have access to these resources that it become that it became a problem. We're so blind into how we see healthcare and people's right to healthcare that we will allow people to make profit off of insulin. I ain't talking about regular profit. I'm talking about corporate greed, Apple level of profit off of insulin. People are losing legs and lives to diabetes when we have our right to our, our southern border, uh, Cuba. No black people are losing their limbs to diabetes. People walk around living healthy lives because of free medical. And Cuba's had free medical since 73. So I think it's absolutely disgusting that Americans ready to pump their chest about being the greatest nation when they can't even ensure uh, 46% of the people not even counting the 26 million that don't even exist uh, to the healthcare industry. Come on, Mayor, you just laid that out. I'm sitting up here about to jump out of my chair and out of my skin on that. What you do to the least of these, you do to me. The mayor said ain't nothing evangelical about withholding healthcare. The commodification of healthcare in the United States of America is an absolute disgrace. Private insurance continue to make billions of dollars as they exploit the everyday American. That is the commodification part of this. So 2021 profits for top insurance providers, United Health Group, $17.3 billion. CVS Health, $7.9 billion. Anthem, $6.1 billion. Cigna, $5.4 billion. I mean, this is unfettered greed. That is what this is. We just got to call it what it is. And we do not really, I mean, as much as it pains me to say this, we don't have a healthcare system in the United States of America. We have a sick care system in the United States of America. It is one that even if your doctor prescribes you medication, if the doctor says, writes out a script telling you all the things that you need that insurance companies can turn you down. That's not healthcare, that's commodification care within a sick care system and it is sick. Measure 111, measure 111 could open the doors to a broader discussion on universal healthcare and we really do want that to happen. Oregon, we shouting you out right now, healthcare, which I am a proponent of, I've always been a proponent of that. Many of you know I was rocking hard with Senator Bernard Sanders. That was one of his number one issues. It continues to be, there are a lot of activists and advocates out there who understand that we cannot have a nation that is secure without securing the greatest wealth that anybody can have. And that is their health because they cannot do any other thing unless they are healthy. And part of being healthy is being able to get the prescription drugs that you need either to, to survive. And the mayor laid out insulin is something that people need to survive. Babies need medicine. Last time I checked, anybody that's a human, anybody, any age, will need to have some type of medication. And the fact that this system is so cruel is in fact an abomination. It is a stain on this nation and those of us who believe that this thing right here is not right. We must continue to push and continue to make a daggone demand. And most Americans do believe in universal healthcare, contrary to what the talking heads may say. Don't let these folks fool you. Most people do, and it has nothing to do with political ideology. Because it doesn't matter how you lean politically, being human means that you will get sick from time to time. Being human means you will need to see a doctor from time to time. Being human means that if in fact, 
you don't have a trust fund or you don't have a sugar daddy or sugar mama. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about the sugar daddies and the sugar mamas all the time. If you don't have one, that means that you work for a living. And if you ever had a healthcare crisis, even if you are blessed enough to, to be at the top of the working class, you just are one major health scare away from everything being wiped out. So why can't we have these things? We can have nice things in the United States of America. We had some elected officials on that federal level in particular who had a backbone. That's what we don't have, so Oregon come through. So let's go on and look at this poll. This poll, the 2022 Associated Press did a poll. Some two thirds of Americans believe it is up to the federal government to ensure people have health care up from Roughly 57% in 2019, according to the survey, more and more Americans as the years go by understand how critical it is for us to have a healthcare. And it's another reminder how far behind we are with the rest of the world. Let's put up this map because I want you to see it. I know you're listening to me to see how far we are. Y'all see it? You see all that blue? You see all that beautiful aqua? Because that's aqua. <laughs> you see it? And then, you know, you see us. Something is wrong with us by not providing universal health care in the United States of America. And Mayor, I really do believe if there was ever a time to go bold during a pandemic is a great time to go bold. Indeed, I mean, but we saw them give more money to police departments than we did to people during COVID. So we know there's no boldness in the spines of those in, in DC. That 535 people there, we cannot depend on them to do what we need to do. And there are a couple, uh, you name one of them, Bernie Sanders, I think Elizabeth Warren is one of those, I think, but that ain't enough. Uh, and the fact that we keep sending these people back, I tell people all the time, specifically black men, it's nothing revolutionary about electing somebody. It's revolutionary when you unelect an incumbent. That's, that's, that's the different thing. So I think we need to do some more unelecting of incumbents um, so that Oregon is not out here looking like it's the only one. 36 0.7 billion is that number you called out just for those top five companies. That is absolutely disgusting. And I think some lawyer on our side of the aisle to see the world that we see the world and believe that people should be able to die with dignity, that have a family member that died. Everybody that didn't have a family or had a family member that did not, didn't have health insurance should bring charges against every one of these companies. I know that's right, man. Hello. Hello, somebody. Woo, about to leap out my seat today, y'all. It's too hot. Today's show is too hot. We're going now to the IBM Vice Chair, Gary Cohen. So Gary Cohen is the current IBM Vice Chair, former Chief Economic Advisor to President Donald J. Trump. And he thinks workers are to blame for inflation. I kid you not, I cannot make this stuff up. Watch this with me. We're gonna have to see job destruction if we're really gonna see inflation be curtailed. We now have a smaller labor force population in the United States. So businesses to attract workers into the labor force are having to pay more to get workers into the cycle, which is inflationary. Wages go up, they pass those, those increased uh, wages mm -hmm. on to the consumers, and we're in this inflationary cycle. Are you kidding me, man? Wages should go up. People should be a work man, woman, work person is worth their hire. Man, I, don't, I just don't understand this, this line of logic. But this man, again, had no fear in speaking those words during this interview. And, and the tragic part, what I saw was so sad was the interviewer going right along with him, shaking our head, yes, in agreement with the way everything he's saying. And it's like, don't let that suit and tie fool you. Those are the biggest crooks as we've seen so far. It is absolutely disgusting that you can sit across me and tell me you believe 
in the, in the eyes of what the labor secretary just put out, put on display, that you believe that you think workers need to be destroyed, jobs need to be destroyed in order. What he's saying is corporations should not have to sacrifice anything for the betterment of this economy. Once again, being unpatriotic, no sacrifice for this country. And people believe, people buy into this, pull yourself up by the bootstrap. All of these companies, none of these companies are bootstrap companies. That is an idea that does not exist. It plays into this American superiority. What these these companies exist because of tax breaks and poor people paying their way because they don't pay taxes because of the tax breaks. So I'm absolutely disgusted that you can sit up there and say that with a straight face. But then again, we cannot be surprised. His boss, his ex-boss, Donald Trump, didn't pay nobody. There are six cities right now still unpaid for Donald Trump rallies this year. Donald Trump has never paid people, will never pay people. And I see birds of a feather flock together as we hear Gary running his mouth. Yeah, we do, Mayor. Definitely running his mouth. I, I, with you know, the graphic that we had up earlier from Labor Secretary Robert Reich just says it all. I'm glad that we started off the show by really explaining what is, in fact, the greatest cause of inflation in this country. It is not workers getting wage increases because the increases that they receive is not keeping up with inflation. It is not bailing folks out at the earliest and the height of the, height of the pandemic. None of those things are the reasons because people who receive that money put it right back into the economy. The workers are putting this money right back into the economy because they can't afford gas and bread and eggs and cheese and all of the basic necessities that people need to live. The greatest variable, the greatest factor right now the greatest factor right now is pure, unadulterated corporate greed. And it absolutely must be stopped. We'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. I hope you're feeling hot too. It's getting hot in here. Yes, it is. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the show. Let's read some comments, shall we? So TYT member Tall Glass says, I love Nina and the good mayor. You both are so right on. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. On Twitch, we got Raw Bear says, Nina is on fire. She's walking on fire. She's a flame. She's on the top. She's on top of the world. Work it, Nina. <laughs> Thank you, Raw Bear. Loving that comment. And Matthew says, I would gladly pay more on taxes to make sure everyone has health care, especially kids. Right on, Matthew. Right on. I feel the same way. And I certainly have talked to some other folks across this country who feel exactly the same way from various economic backgrounds that they would be willing to pay more to ensure that everybody has health care, especially kids. I'm with you on that. So Illinois is gearing up to abolish cash bail. This is in fact a beautiful thing. So Illinois is working towards fixing a system that has been broken from the start, the criminal injustice system. The Safety Act is set to start in January of 2023, but it's facing some nasty misinformation and disinformation attacks as we get closer to the midterm elections. And no surprise there, because there's always an equal and opposite force out there. And the forces that don't want to see something like this happen, they are out there. So the act covers multiple areas of the criminal injustice system. Let's take a look at that. A pre-arrest diversion, policing reform, 
pretrial reform, sentencing reform, corrections reform, and that was your jails and your prisons. And the most prominent part of the act though is abolishing cash bail. Under the current system of cash bail, rich people can go home after they get arrested. Poor people stay in jail and they stay in jail mainly because they don't have the cash bill so that they can go home too. That is really what this is about. And we know that poor people did not help to create this legal system that is that we find ourselves living with. It was ultra wealthy people and people who were well connected who created the original system that we are under right now. And so under the new plan, which will start next year, a person charged with murder, with rape, with sex offenses or gun crimes cannot buy their release on bail, no matter how much money they may have. And a person who has been charged with a minor offense will be released if they do not pose a risk to others, whether or not they have access to money. Now, I just let's let's rest right there for a minute because a lot of the disinformation and misinformation just straight up lies about this is trying to scare people to say that this is gonna let all types of criminal, dangerous criminals out to prey on people and that is not the case. Let's put that graphic back up, please. I want everyone to be very clear about what in fact this will do. So if you are a danger to other folks, you are not going to be let out. If you have a minor offense and you do not pose a threat to others, you will in fact be able to go home regardless of your ability to pass to pay bail, but a racist classist misinformation campaign is out there, no doubt. Uh, let's watch this. Imagine dystopia, you hear that word frequently. What does it mean? Picture it in your mind's eye. Dystopia is a world where the police will not protect you. Politicians in Illinois just legalized violent crime against you, and no one's done anything about it. A lot of these people are gonna be reelected in November. Really, how does that work? Where's the constituency for violent crime in this country? Is there really one? Is there anyone who's for it other than like Kamala Harris? What they hoped it would do is basically, it was basically to allow criminals to go free. I mean, this is the whole criminal justice reform. The criminals shouldn't be held. If criminals are allowed to run free and police officers can't protect citizens, citizens are gonna start protecting themselves. Anytime we do that, we create, we have the potential to create anarchy. Cops in Illinois who are who are furious. There's a, there's a Johnson County Sheriff who just said about what's going to happen in Illinois. Anyone sitting in jail right now with all these pending charges, they're going to be let out. The gates are open and they're going to be let out into the streets. So they know what's going to come come and and it's it ain't going to be pretty. I mean, it- nothing but a lie. Hmm. They're lying. Now we just put up a graphic, I wanna read this to you just one more good time. And then Merritt, you just jump in here. A person charged with murder, rape, sex offenses, or gun crimes cannot buy their release, no matter how much money they may have. And a person who has been charged with a minor offense will be released if they do not pose a risk to others whether or not they have access to money. Mayor Robinson. This is this is a this this issue of cash bail is unbelievable to me. It reminds me of debtor prison every time I hear about it, think about it. It absolutely is absolutely disgusting. I think what Illinois is doing. I mean we and plus we also know that yes, the race, we know what the races are gonna do. We know the dog whistles, we hear the red herons. But what this is really is this is a fight from the 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 
the cash bail industry. They they defeated progressive challenges in New Jersey a few years back. Illinois just had it uh, in a better way. I think the way you were messaging it and it was structured was so much better um, than what, what, what normally happens on outside of the aisle. This idea that you can have under any amounts of money and do any amounts of crime and still come home. Whereas people committing mounting offenses are locked up sitting in jail when they shouldn't be. When they shouldn't be. So I think I think this is wonderful. Cash bail has destroyed so many lives. If you consider the people that are living on the margins that can't go back to work and then they're fired and can't get another job because they were sitting in jail waiting on a court date, then they get found not guilty. It is absolutely a ruthless system that we should all be applauding. And I hope, like Oregon, I hope Illinois is about to start a trend. Um, and what Fox News, this is this is absolutely disgusting. This is the same language that led to January 6th. Tucker Carson language just now is the same language that led people to fighting. Telling people that politicians has just launched a war of legalized violent crimes against citizens. And what are you gonna do about it? That is a threat. And people should be aware of that. Elected officials will get will get calls, will get threatened because of that very language. This is absolutely disgusting that we still allow this type of talk uh, in our democracy, well, in what we call a democracy. And I think, um, like you said, choose your F word. Who in the freak was that black man up there? Right. There it is. I mean, hey, sometimes I, people I are. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Mayor. I know black brothers sitting in jail for three years because they can't come up with $200 in Selma, Alabama. I was talking to Sister Torre, Ruth, and she literally told me she can't, because she's their attorney, she can't pay these young boys bail because that's a conflict of interest. But they're sitting in jail because their family can't raise $200. And they've been in there two plus years because they because the sheriff deputy uh, can do that. It is yeah, absolutely I mean, disgusting. It is. It is depressing. It is a rotten system and it does need to be fixed. And shout out to uh, Illinois and keep pushing. Now, I hope that this information that the mayor and I are sharing with you that you will share with others when you hear these right wingers go to the extreme and just get every people worked up into a frenzy. And Mayor, the point that you made that some of those politicians lives could be in danger from the threats and the types of emails and things that they are receiving from this misinformation. This stuff is serious. It really, really is. We need to do something about it. The Senator Senator LG Sims, who is the lead sponsor of the bill, had this to say about the bill. And we're gonna put up the Senator's comments. The opposition's misinformation campaign against the act is nothing more than a red herring that is there to distract you from the real issue. The real issue is that over the last five years, not my numbers, 700 million has gone into the cash bail system. Imagine what could happen in the communities with that kind of money. Mayor, you laid that out earlier. And then the next point, the cash bail system is not about public safety, it is about wealth. I would say it's about the ultra, but you know, this is what the senator said. It is time for us to make sure we have a system about public safety and not about somebody's access to cash. Amen to that, Senator. Amen to that. Go ahead, Illinois and Oregon. Baby, y'all doing this thing. We're gonna keep an eye on both of these stories. Now, moving to our dear sister, Brittany Griner. So some of you may have heard the news already. This is gut-wrenching. It is indeed. Brittany Griner loses appeal in the Russian court. 
I'm sure none of us are really surprised by this. We were hoping beyond hope and praying and lifting up and her attorneys were doing the work. Because as we know, faith without works is dead. But to have so many people around the world rooting for Brittany and her family, and she loses her appeal in the Russian court. So if Brittany Griner is going to return to the US anytime soon is almost certainly will have to happen via a prisoner exchange. We know that the United States and Russia were and probably still are in discussions about that. The jailed American basketball star exhausted the last of her legal options on Tuesday when her last grasp appeal predictably went nowhere. And that is coming from Yahoo News. Our next, a Moscow Regent Court Regional Court upheld Griner's August convention, conviction on charges of drug possession and drug smuggling with criminal intent. The court rejected arguments from Griner's defense attorney that her nine year prison sentence was excessive and unjustified under Russian law. It was excessive, it is unjustified, really. And she was not smuggling, it was cannabis oil for the love of God. But they didn't care. At the end of Tuesday's hearing, Griner spoke directly to the court, calling it, quote, traumatic to be away from her family. Griner begged the court to take into account what went overlooked during her first court date and to reassess her sentence. Obviously, they did not do those things. Within hours, though, of the conclusion of Griner's appeal hearing, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan slammed it as a sham judicial proceeding. Sullivan add said that the Biden administration has continued to engage with Russia through every available channel and make every effort to bring home Brittany as well as to support and advocate for other Americans detained in Russia, including fellow wrongful detainee Paul Whelan. Yeah. We got to do that. And I want to see the Biden administration continue to push. And also a former New Mexico Governor Richardson is trying to do the best that he can with an organization that he's working with to try to help get Brittany and Paul home. Mayor? Uh, Brittany is a product of, I mean, she's a geo, this is geo, this is geopolitical. She's a, she's a political prisoner. People might say, well, this is not, she was not a politician. This has nothing, it has everything to do with American and Russia's relationships uh, and nothing to do with this person except for Putin's uh, disdain for people who, who fall into the LGBTQI community, which just makes it even more uh, disgusting that this sister is in jail. And you're absolutely right, we are uh, BG and we, we need to make sure that she's not forgotten because what will happen is she will sit over there and become a bigger pawn for Russia to use whenever they want to or ready to play chess with America and other, other countries. The, the idea that even early on in this conversation about sending her home for a prisoner swap, they asked for people in German prison is letting it's Russia letting America know that they're trying to levy up what they're waiting for America pressure to get so high that they can they can ask for unbelievable things for this sister's life. And it's absolutely disgusting as she find herself in prison in Russia. Um, in the height of, of what, what, what should be her career. And I think it's absolutely disgusting that, that she's fallen from headlines because America's media move on so fast, especially when it's black lives. We, they do, we do, we do move on too fast. And her sexual orientation, Mayor, I'm glad that you brought that up. That is in fact a variable, the fact that she's a black woman, we need to put that out there. 
Also that players of the WNBA do not make anywhere near what their male counterparts make. So there is an economic factor to this because probably if she was making much more money, she would not have went over to Russia to play in the first place. So there are so many issues that have to be sorted out here. Number one, fighting, continuing to fight. So I don't want us to get weary and well doing. I want us to continue to keep this family lifted, continue to use your social media and let's continue to fight and push. And yet while we are at home here, we got some work to do with marijuana possession as well. Yeah, we do. We need to take it off of schedule one. It should not be on schedule one with heroin, it should not. And although the president has made some strides, some moves, we need to keep on moving. Let's decriminalize and legalize marijuana in the United States of America. And let's not forget the economic component to this as well. That the black community and brown communities who have suffered disproportionately at the hands of the war on drugs, which President Biden knows a lot about, should be the ones to reap the benefits on the economic side of this equation. Oh Yeah, we're gonna keep coming back to this over and over and over and over again. To the Griner family, we want you to know here at TYT and on Boston in particular, we are lifting you up. We are going to continue to draw attention to this story. You deserve so much better than what you are getting right now. Ava DuVernay, the filmmaker, she's a producer. She's an award-winning filmmaker and a television producer. Her words inspired the jawbone for today. And she said, I'm not going to continue knocking that old door that doesn't open for me. I'm going to create my own door and walk through that. You better go ahead on and say that. That is what we must do in life sometimes. We gotta create our own doors and walk through them, baby, and walk through them fearlessly. We're gonna continue to fight for justice in all of its forms. You know what I want you to do? I do want you to keep the faith, but more importantly, I want you to keep the fight. I'll see you all tomorrow. Now tell a friend or a friend of me, sign up. Go to YouTube, unboss slash TYT, baby, do that. Send that link to somebody, all right? We'll see you tomorrow. And thank you, Mayor, so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.